established in 2020, the Authors Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, the Authors Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join the Authors Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you into your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine, the Authors Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, the Authors Porch connects writers with the service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch where every good conversation starts. <laughs> so I'm trying not to crack up laughing because I started the outro video instead of the intro video. <laughs> so I told you I was going to mess some things up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I told you, That's a big great. ball of goofiness. <laughs> everybody, let's welcome Melissa Searcha to the Author's Porch. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Um, I love your countdown music. That was that was like jamming to it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Even though I did a, a quick change step on everybody there because <laughs> I had to modify the intro video because you could barely hear uh, the voice and I modified it real quick and then uploaded it and it wasn't in the order. <laughs> so I was like, I was back here panicking really quick. Oh, it happens. <laughs> it's super funny. I love it when I mess up because it gives me something to laugh about. But <laughs> onto the show. So let me introduce Melissa real quick because this is who we are here to talk about and talk to, talk about in a good way. So Melissa Search is award-winning urban fantasy and paranormal romance author with a passion for philosophy, mythology, and all things supernatural. Melissa lives in California with her man and cat. And when not building dark fantasy worlds, you can find her cooking with a glass of wine in her hand. <laughs> that sounds absolutely comforting right there. Cooking with a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Italian, half Italian. And um, so like wine and cooking and all that kind of just goes hand in hand, literally. <laughs> and so you say you're half Italian. Have you researched your roots back in Italy? Um, I have as like much as... I can. I'm, it's hard to find stuff. I'm half Sicilian. My dad was born there. And, um, you know, the records weren't kept really well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I've tried to. I've actually, on my other side, I'm half English. And I've gotten a lot of research done on that with um, various relatives of mine in England. We've, you know, uh, exchanged notes and stuff like that. Um, we have family trees that we've built. But, yeah, the, the Sicilian side is a little bit of a mystery. Um, we know that they were there for, for quite a few generations, but I'm not a hundred percent sure where we migrated from according to like some of our genealogy reports that says like Spain and Portugal. So um, yeah, I'm still trying to like dig around and, and find out. <laughs> you know, I think that is absolutely fascinating because I'll tell you a small little story. Yeah. Um, my great grandfather, Bellagio Montalbano, actually we have we have his records where he migrated from Sicily to the United States and he ended up in Missouri and married. So he was Italian from Sicily and he married a redheaded girl from Missouri and they had a few kids, which they had my grandmother 
who looked purely Italian wow. and she married a redheaded man in Missouri. And then they ended up having eight kids with one of them being my father. And he looks straight up Italian, dark hair, dark skin. Nice. And he married, <laughs> he married a redheaded girl. <laughs> and it's funny how this keeps happening. And friends in the family, <laughs> they had me and I'm a natural redhead and my yeah. husband, dark skin, dark hair. And it just kind of keeps happening. But my family lineage is in Sicily. And we actually, um, Part of my family has talked to uh, the lineage part of Bellagio that stayed in Sicily. So that was pretty, pretty interesting that we have that connection. Yeah, that is really cool. And I mean, yeah, I never would have guessed that. And it's so funny, like there's a lot of people I meet nowadays that are like, oh, yeah, I'm half Sicilian too or or quarter Sicilian. Um, so there is a lot of us here now. <laughs> I love the melting pot that the world is becoming because I think that it makes for such a fascinating conversation. Mm-hmm. It definitely makes for great books. Absolutely. And I try to base that uh, some of my heritage, you know, in my books. Um, and after I fall, which is the first book of my new series, I have the vampire is Italian. And um, the female character, the human girl, she is an aspiring chef. So I really wanted to bring in my love of food and my Italian culture into the book. So there's some, you know, Italian phrases when he's speaking to other Italians. I, I, you know, did some good translating. And then I consulted with one of my cousins in Italy to make sure that I was like doing everything right, um, you know, because I am American. So um, I wanted to make sure it was truly authentic. So she was great. Her name's Marina. And she uh, sent me some notes and things like that. So yeah, I, I really love that aspect of writing where you can bring in, you know, parts of your culture and heritage to it. Yeah, I I am a 15-year-old girl when it comes to a book that has vampires in it. I turn into a 15-year-old girl <laughs> and I just get like all giddy inside. So when yeah. I found out you had the dark, uh, dark paranormal romance, the urban fantasy and all that stuff, I was like, oh, yes, score. <laughs> so tell us a little more about your books and how many of them that you currently have published. Sure. Yeah. So this series is called Immortal Billionaires. Um, Currently, there's three that are published and there's a fourth one on the way, October 5th. Um, So book one, yeah, each book is a standalone um, in a sense. Like I will be specific in the fact that they, there is an underlying arc. So I definitely recommend you read them in order, but technically you don't really have to if you're just there for the love story. Um, Mm -hmm. So each book is a different couple. The first one is a vampire and, and she's a human. Um, All three girls, uh, all four girls, I should say, from each book um, do have something in common. They are from the same small town, which you'll find out uh, more about that when you read through. Um, And then book two, um, the main uh, hero guy is um, an incubus, which is, you know, a sex demon. (laughs) And um, also uh, the females are always human, at least they start out that way. (laughs) Um, And then the third book is a werewolf and, and a woman who is um, a computer hacker. And, Mm -hmm. and then book four, which is coming out very soon. um, He's just a straight up demon. um, And he's my most delicious villain. Um, (laughs) He is the villain and and all the books except for his own, you know, and you get to hear his story and see more insight into him. But yeah, he's a demon who can siphon power from, 
from other creatures. Okay. So yeah, um, his name's Cade, and that one's called After I Burn. So I'm I'm really excited for the fourth one to come out, and um, and then I'm working on a fifth one. Um, called After I Obey, which will be about another incubus. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's going to, I think, be an ongoing you know, se- uh, series as, as long as I can come up with fun ideas and fresh and original ideas for it. So, yeah. And how do your ideas come to you? Is it something that inspires you in particular? Or are they just characters that come to you in your mind and say, basically, write me? Yeah, it's a combination of a few things. It happens differently every time. I mean, mostly it's character. I love creating um, characters, bringing them to life and fleshing them out and giving them, you know, really dark backstories and (laughs) making them all like (laughs) completely like messed up and traumatized. And um, (laughs) so, yeah, the characters definitely speak to me. I also get really inspired by just like certain moods and tones and you know, I'm on Pinterest a lot and I'm always looking at like locations, yeah. you know, like I'll see like a cool, creepy, gothic mansion with, you know, willow trees around it. And I'll go, oh, you know, mm-hmm. and it'll just give me like an idea for a witch coven or, um, you know, a vampire coven of some sort and uh, music as well. I'm really big into music playlists. I have so many playlists um, for, <laughs> for my projects and those really inspire me as well um and then yeah once I have the characters in mind and like the the definite like mood that I want to do and the tone I want to set um I will start just like fleshing out the plot and um I will write it all out by hand not the book but the outline I don't write <laughs> my hands would like fall off um but just the the plotting I do like you know in a notebook and do an extensive outline so that way when I do start to write I don't get as stuck as if I was you know just kind of like pantsing it so I'm definitely a hardcore plotter <laughs> okay so that was going to be my next question so you do a full outline and fill in throughout the outline versus just just flowing through the story as it comes to you yeah definitely I like to have that kind of guide post or you okay. know map to say um just so I don't get too lost you know and I will make changes as I go like actually yeah. currently in the book I'm writing I did a completely new twist and decided to go in a different direction but it's like much easier for me to to make changes when I already have the outline so I'm not just you know, putting myself into all these corners with like all plot holes. And then, yeah. um, you know, it makes my editing and revision process easier too. Do you think that it keeps you on track as well? Because you know where you need to be at and things like that versus just waiting for the next idea to come out? Yeah, absolutely. It's It definitely keeps me on track because when I used to outline, I would do it by beats or by scene and that can work too. But lately I've been actually outlining just chapters. So I know, okay, chapter one, this is what needs to happen. And then I cross, you know, put a check through it, get to chapter two. And for me, that just keeps me on track. And because if I just do it by scene, then I'll start to get like confused as far as like what I want where do I want this scene to go? Do I need to put it in chapter one or bump it to chapter two, you know, to make the pacing work out well and keep the the pages flowing. So yeah, I, I now outline like actual chapters out. So that way I'm like, okay, I know they have to be this amount of words and there's consistency. Okay. Did you always know you wanted to write or was it something that came later in life as a passion? You know, I've always wanted to be a writer ever since I was a little girl, Um, but I didn't really know, you know, what 
how to do it as far as like professionally. Um, when I was younger, I, you know, I grew up in the eighties and, um, we didn't have Kindle or anything like that. You know, you, you would get like a book at the store that had like a list of publishers and I started out writing poetry and I remember in like 19, I don't know, 93 or something like that. There was only like three literary agents that accepted poetry and I submitted to all three and got rejected by all three. And I remember thinking, well, I guess I can't publish poetry if the only three agents in the world just <laughs> rejected me. Yeah. So, you know, times were really different back then. So, I mean, I always kept writing um, just as a hobby and as like a sense of like a therapeutic, you know, release. Um, I did some short stories, a lot of poetry, a lot of songwriting. Um, I did write a, a short script that was awful. I have no idea how to write scripts, but I was like, oh, I'll try it. And uh, it was terrible. Um, so it's, yeah, it won't be seeing the light of day. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't until I was like in my early thirties, I was working in a really um, crazy, hectic corporate environment. I was running a business and um, just was miserable, you know, like the money was good, but I just like hated every minute of it. And so I decided, yeah, you know what, let me let me see. I have all these ideas. You know, I grew up reading Anne Rice and Stephen mm. King and, um, you know, R.L. Stein, And just I love that horror, vampire, paranormal um, genre so much. And I always knew that I would definitely write about vampires. Um, so, yeah, in my early 30s, I started to write my first book, which was Blood and Magic. And it's an mm. urban fantasy book about a 400 uh, year old vampire who's out for revenge against the ones who made her. And wow. um, it's a it's a really fun book. And uh, yeah, so I got that I got that published. And um, but yeah, so I, I guess I've always wanted to be a writer, but just didn't really start taking it um, seriously until I was like in my early 30s. That sounds juicy that that first yeah. book. It's a sounds fun very... one. <laughs> and are you traditionally published or indie published? I'm both. Okay. Yeah. So my first two series are with a publisher and um, and then this Immortal Billionaire series, I've branched out on my own. Uh, something I decided to do, you know, during the pandemic, because I had so much time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was waiting for one of my books with City L Press to, um, it was going through like its copy editing stages. And I just mm -hmm. had this some time on my hands. And, um, and I needed a break, you know, from from that book and that series that I've been working on. So that's when I started um, plotting and, and writing uh, Immortal Billionaires and decided, you know what, I'm going to just give this self-publishing thing a shot. And um, I did tons of research, though. Um, I highly recommend anyone wanting to get into it, definitely um, do your research because there's a lot to it. <laughs> there, it's yeah, There's a lot. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up reading reading all the the paranormal the fantasy just just like you and i absolutely oh, cool. love the genre i mean i'm a ferocious reader in the genre you give me a book and you have your incubuses like you said your vampires and oh, yeah. all of that stuff and i will just stay up late at night reading it and i'm i'll only watch it if it's a tv series i'm not really mm -hmm. into the big movies but i love the tv series same but, but i sat down and i thought oh i want to write this genre because this is what i read oh no i no. can't come up with a story to save my life oh no <laughs> no no can't write in the genre to, so i'm i'm fascinated with people that read the genre and can write the genre like 
Yeah. I've read so much about it. You would think I would know, but no. Interesting. I've never, you know, I guess I've never really thought of it. I just was like, this is what I'm going to write. Um, I can't even really imagine. I think it's the opposite for me. Like I do have ideas for contemporary love stories that are just yeah. normal, modern people. Um, but yeah, I get kind of stuck. I, I want to make everybody a vampire. <laughs> like I just do. I want everyone to have immortal supernatural powers and like live forever and um I don't know I think they're just sexier when they're they <laughs> are they are and I just can't seem to find them in my story for some reason yeah it's but I I like that you have been on both sides of the fence the traditional plus the um indie author so i want to yeah. ask you what's the best money that you have spent in your author career and we've got some um folks coming in um lizzie is a uh someone that i know and she she okay. loves the vampire and the the goth world uh, okay. as far as reading so she's really big into it and uh jared uh jared melissa sertia is a author uh paranormal romance and um urban fantasy and we we're talking about her author journey as well as her books. And I was just asking her about the um, the best money that she had spent since she's been traditionally published, and she's going indie publishing, trying out that that arena as well. Yeah, I think as an indie author, the best money I've spent has been on my editors and my covers. You know, that is just two things that you cannot get wrong or you can't skimp on because you know your cover obviously is the first thing people see and um, especially if you're doing Amazon ads that's like you know what's going to get people to click on your on your book um, and then of course an editor I mean I, I don't care if you're an editor um, as your day job but if you're writing your own book you need to have someone else edit your book because we're just too attached to it and mm -hmm. um, we can't make like objective decisions until someone else points them out. So I definitely think, um, yeah, my editors and my book covers. And then I also pay a formatter as well because um, I'm just not that um, <laughs> skilled with, with some of those software programs. And I know a lot of people do the formatting themselves and that I think is okay if you know how to do it. But for me, I'm like, no, I just, I'd like someone else to <laughs> to do it for me. Um, and then as far as traditionally, like when I was published um, with City Owl, I, you know, obviously as a, a traditional author, you don't pay for anything. They, they uh, pick up everything. But I still had to do some of my own, you know, marketing and stuff like that. So I'd say the best money I'd spent was um, creating, uh, paying someone to do my website and having a, a really good graphic designer and having a nice, professional, clean-looking website with all my links so everyone can find me. Um, those are probably the most important things. And and then there's other things too, obviously, but that just gets deeper into the whole of like marketing and advertising. Yeah, I find that a lot of people want to write the book. They want to be an author, but they don't realize um, like it has to be a passion. Yeah. It has to be your passion. You have mm -hmm. to be willing to throw everything at it. Um and if not, you're, it's going to eat you alive, for lack of better words. And the reason yeah. is because it, it's hard. It's um, really hard. It's easy to write the book. It's the other things that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really tough. And, and you do have to treat it like a job. I mean, um, 
if like a business because you know i i've worked really hard to build my brand and um be consistent with what i put out so yeah it's um it's difficult and yeah once you've written you know this is my my ninth book that's about to come out so i i'm now in like a rhythm with my writing as far as i you know i i keep growing and I keep getting better and better just as everyone does with each book they write. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I know myself more as um, my writer brain. Um, and then that allows me to like take the time to to do the business stuff as well. You know, I'll do like the, I'll write three to 6,000 words a day. And then the rest of the day, um, when I'm not like, you know, cleaning and cooking and all that other fun <laughs> domestic stuff we have to do, right. um, you know, then I'm, I'm concentrating concentrating on like social media posts and, um, you know, starting to teach myself how to make my own like basic graphics. Um, so I don't have to bug my web designer every five minutes when I decide I want to put a new graphic out. <laughs> so that's been fun trying to learn all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely a business. You have to have a passion for the writing, but a passion to succeed and ambition as well. And, and not like give up because it's a yeah. really, really, um, long journey for most of us. I mean, there are those exceptions you hear about, um, but don't ever plan on being the exception. If it happens, awesome, but try to prepare to be in it for the long haul if this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. So, yeah. Yeah. And those are great words. Now, um, do you write full-time or do you work and um, write full-time, basically two jobs? <laughs> yeah, I um, well, right now I write full-time. And I also co-host uh, a podcast called Spoiler Country. Uh, it's a comic book uh, pop culture podcast. So we get to interview a lot of really fun people that are in the industry. Um, so I just do both of those two things um, as of now. Um, and that I'm still at, like, I, I need more hours in the day. Like, it's, you know, it's a lot, uh, a lot of work with the podcast. You know, you're always doing a lot of research, um, you know, to try to, like, give you know, make good questions for your guests and, and for the writing, it's just a constant, you know, like I live, sleep and breathe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jared's asking, so don't take his route publish and then just let things take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's, if you're doing it for like a hobby and you just want to say, Hey, I published a book, that's totally fine. But if you, yeah, if you want to have a business and, um, and make money at it, then yeah, you have to like follow up and keep writing books and, you know, try to uh, learn the market, learn your genre, and um, do advertising and all that stuff. I mean, within your means, I mean, sometimes it's just hard. You, if, if you can't afford it, you can afford it. I've been through that too, where there were times when I just didn't have the extra, you know, money to do it. And now, um, you know, I've been in a spot lately where I can just do it a little bit and I've seen some really good results. And, um, but then, you know, there's social media that's free. You can just engage with fans, join groups, have a really cool author page and make, um, a group, you know, based around like your book series and just engage with people. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, oh, and a newsletter. Newsletters are huge. Um, mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Um, people love, uh, getting them if they're a fan of your books and, um, yeah, definitely build your newsletter up so you can like have people subscribe and then they can keep in touch. And when you have a sale or a freebie, you know, you have this whole list of people that you can uh, send it out to. Yeah. Yeah. What does literary success look like to you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, just being able to 
as much as we'd all love to have JK Rowling's bank account, um, that's not like, you know, the goal, uh, being just self-sufficient, independent, um, having, um, just people that love to read my books. I love when I hear from someone who says, oh, you know, this is, this book made me feel this way, or I just loved it. Um, I really, really do like hearing from people. So that just to continue that and just to have people that, um, yeah, that like look, that look forward to, you know, my next book and, um, you know, awards are fun, but they're, they're not everything. They're not really given by the reader, you know, they're just given by a group. Um, so those are fun and they're like little fancy accolades that you can like attach to your author bio or, you know, put on your website, but those are just kind of extra gravy. Um, I will say one of my goals is I would absolutely love to see one of my stories on television in a, in a television series. Like that would be probably mm-hmm. the ultimate dream. And I, I know a lot of people feel that way too about their books. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's just like, I mean, I write these vampires that I'm like, people need to see them. <laughs> yeah. And they would make a great series too. I mean, you, you got to look at some of the great series out there, vampire diaries, the originals mm-hmm. and now legacies. I mean, yeah, discovery of witches. Yeah. Oh my goodness! We need more because they're like dying down. You can't hardly find any of the good ones anymore. Originals is over. Vampire Diaries mm-hmm. is over. Legacies is there, but you can't hardly even find it on mainstream TV anymore. Yeah, and that one was a little too young for me. I didn't, I didn't like Legacies as much. I was, I was hoping they were gonna do more like vampire stuff with it, and instead they've gone in this like kind of every week a new monster yeah i just didn't really care for it um but i know i can see why like younger people really like it because the kids are great actors on there um yeah no you're right like we need more um which shows that are more provocative you know because you do have the the new charmed reboot but again it's very young Mm -hmm. um yeah i'd love to see something like vampire diaries again or witches of east end that was a great show witches of east end was perfect to see i'm 44 and i am totally into the new charmed and legacies so i told you i turn into a i don't care how old i get i still turn into a 15 year old girl yeah (laughs) but they know i love that too it's a cute show i guess i'm just craving more of that like true blood like adult content you yeah. know, with the vampire stuff um as yeah. well like uh i just think it's i don't know it's just it's so, it's so fun i used to look forward to the vampire diaries you know every week um mm. i even was a total nerd and went to the vampire diaries convention <laughs> with my sister <laughs> and we got to meet uh some of the people you know get their autographs and yeah. um and watch their panels and yeah i felt like a total nerd but it was it was a lot of fun i'd do it again <laughs> you know i liked the originals better than vampire diaries okay yeah i ended up liking them better once they started after vampire diaries ended and the originals kind of took over mm-hmm. i ended up Oops. liking them better yeah take yours let's take yours and let's Let's get that on the screen and yeah, we need it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Klaus (laughs) is my favorite villain of all time. I I love, I have such a soft spot for Klaus in the originals and uh, I agree. I think the originals was, was better. I did like it um, more because it was more adult, you know, and um, I love New Orleans. Um, Mm. Just obsessed with anything that's set there. Um, I try to set, um, some scenes in, in my books in New Orleans as well, because I'm just so drawn to it. There's just so much magical 
goodness that comes yeah. out of there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'd love to see mine on the big screen. That would be, that would be amazing. So to me, I guess that would be literary success, you know, knowing like, okay, it's, it's on Netflix or HBO or something. <laughs> yeah. And my prayers are with everybody in New Orleans and Louisiana and everyone 100%. that got hit um, with the hurricane right now. I know they're currently in recovery mode and trying to pick up from those pieces, but yeah, I, my, my editor's there. She lives oh, in Louisiana that's... and she's, she's doing okay though. Um, I think they lost power for a while, but um, at last post I saw her, um, she said the power had come back on. So yeah, um, yeah, just tragedy, tragedy. Very much so. I was able to visit in 2019 for the first time and you're absolutely right. It's a magical place and it's stunningly beautiful. And the movies or and the TV shows when you see it um, and then you're there in person, it's the same. It just has this magical ability. So <sighs> I can't wait. I know I haven't had the chance to go. I was actually planning to go for my uh, my birthday when when the pa pandemic hit. Um, so that was, you know, that made me sad. And I just I really want to visit at some point. I have um, I know a couple people there now that I've met uh, throughout this pandemic, you know, just online um, with yeah. Zoom and things like that. So um, I had the wonderful opportunity to interview um uh, Miss Crandall, uh, who she wrote uh, this book about New Orleans history, and she has um, a little shop called the Boutique du Vampires, mm. and she has a vampire cafe and a speakeasy, and um, yeah, I would just, um, I'd love to go, you know, visit her and check out her shop, and um, yeah, just go see what um, it's all about, but yeah, that's that's amazing that you got to go. Was That was your first time, you said? It was. Yeah, I went for a convention and it was absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah, awesome. Absolutely beautiful. Now, how has the pandemic affected your writing or has it affected it at all? It has probably, I would say creatively, it hasn't, I don't think it's affected me. It's just allowed me yeah. to have the time to write because before I was just writing part time and mm -hmm. I was managing uh, a cafe. I've been in the hospitality industry my whole life. So um, yeah, I was running a little cafe um, at a hotel. And so I guess it affected me because I just had this all this free time. Now all of a sudden, instead of writing one book a year or two books a year, I was able to put out four. Uh, so um, that's been really nice. I mean, I guess a blessing in disguise, as we say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's been really awesome. But you know, it does get hard too, like just being home all the time. Because mm. um, there's nowhere to go like to get relief, you know what I mean? Or to get like a break from your own desk or, or whatever. So um, that's been challenging. But I would say I've learned so much more about writing and myself throughout this pandemic. Yeah, I think being stuck inside, basically stuck with yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, as, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's taught us a lot about ourselves. And and I, I get kind of a mixed um, back and forth with folks on if they um, get writer's block or mm -hmm. if they end up being more creative. Um, so it, it's kind of been a mix uh, for yeah. everybody, whether they've been able to create more, create less. So it, it's always fascinating to ask that question and how it's affected them to to learn more about their process and how they've been able to, to deal with it. Cause it's been very hard on, on a lot of people and not mm -hmm. so much on others. I've been very vocal on how to me, because of my social anxiety, it's been a godsend because I've been able to be free, 
with myself without having to be out around everybody and really yeah. coming to myself. So very interesting. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, there, there are so many introverts and, and people with, you know, I struggle with a little bit of anxiety as well, not so much because of like the social aspect, but just in general, I just get anxious. And being at home has given me definitely some comfort. Um, and I think, uh, you know, like as, as introverts, um, there, it's been hard too because even the Zoom uh, stuff can get a little overwhelming, you know, when everyone's like, well, we can't see each other, so we need to Zoom every five minutes. And <laughs> you're like, no, I'm, I need some self care, I need some alone time. <laughs> so that was starting to get a little intrusive as well. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting how we like adapt as a society. We're like, well, we can't go out to, you know, get drinks in person. So we'll just Zoom happy hour every night. But um, but yeah, you need a break from that too. You know, you just need to to get your space. And as far as writer's block goes, it's mostly, you know, I would say it's, it's usually just self-imposed for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other drawback from being at home is there's always something to do, you know, like you'll be staring at your dirty dishes out of the corner of your eye and may use that as an excuse not to write, you know, or like, Oh, I have laundry to do. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's the hard part um, of being at home all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're always, for me, I'm always finding something to rearrange. And then my husband is going, where's this? Right. Or where's that? And I'm going, Oh, well, I moved it here now because it looks better here. Just leave it there. <laughs> You're like, so, don't touch anything. <laughs> so for all the folks out there that have this great idea for a book and that really want to become a successful author, what would be the advice that you give to them? I would say study the craft for one. Um, you know, I would like to soak up everything I could in the beginning. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's free out there as well if you can't afford mm -hmm. to to go to work, you know, the expensive workshops and things like that. Um, you just have to find it, um, find your tribe, you know, um, having a good support system of um, other authors that are, you know, even at the, the same level as you or maybe already published to give you guidance. And they can also be great critique partners and beta readers for your stuff. Um, definitely just read a lot um, as well in your genre. Like if you want to write mystery novels, then make sure you've read a mystery novel. You'd be surprised at how many people have actually never read a book that in the genre that they write in, and then they are confused as to why it's not selling or that it's not working. Because um, you have to understand how people do it um, so that you can, you know, replicate that, um, yeah. that system and, and put your own spin on it or whatever. But yeah, so definitely know your own genre. Um, and then you know, join different, uh, there's these great, excuse me, writing hashtags on Twitter that do like weekly chats. And they're really awesome and supportive. Um, I, I think the one I used to do is no longer in existence, but um, there's quite a few, um, and I'm totally blanking on them at the top of my head, but it's just a great uh, way to kind of have a community, a writing community, um, and have that support when you're first starting out. Um, and then just actually write, <laughs> you know, write every day if you can. Um, or if you can't, you know, just make a schedule and try to stick to it. Um, part of writing isn't so much, you know, we always like to joke about the muse, right? The muse isn't showed up today. Well, once you 
make a routine, um, your body, your mind just kind of gets into that flow. And as soon as you sit down every day, you know, okay, this is what I'm writing, whether it be 200 words or 3000. And you just get used to it. Um, it's just like anything, you know, practice makes perfect. So um, yeah. as far as that goes, yeah, definitely read, write and know your uh, know your genre. <laughs> yeah, I that's why I ferociously read because I haven't figured out which genre belongs to me yet. So okay. I get an idea and I just write it. and I read in so many multiple genres (laughs) so I'm just like I'm just going with it and I'll figure (laughs) it out eventually I just have a good time but one of the things I find is really helps authors um, one find their voice as well as find who they are within their genre is their support system So who has been your biggest support system through your journey of authoring? Well, um, I have so, I'm very fortunate. I have a really great support system. Um, Obviously, my family, my mother, my father, my sister, they've just been so encouraging um, from the minute I started this journey. I never got one negative comment, you know, it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, awesome. We, we support you in doing this. And, um, and then my boyfriend who it sounds funny saying boyfriend, we've been together for 11 years. He's practically my husband. Um, (laughs) he's been very, very supportive. Um, every step of the way he lets me, I mean, he's not much of a reader. He doesn't know much about the genre, but he'll sit there and let me go ramble on and on about my plots and things like that and, and gets excited about it. So that's been great. Um, yeah, my best friend, I have uh, so many great friends. Um, and then I have some great author friends, you know, everyone at City Owl Press, um, all the authors and editors and um, publishers, they're just such a great group of people. And we really do uh, support each other and genuinely love each other. You know, we hear people say, oh, we're like a family. And it's so true. Uh, we really are. And and even when I go publish things outside of them, they're so supportive of that too, mm-hmm. which is really important to me. Um, yeah. So those have been um, just some of the best supporters I could, um, you know, I could ever ask for. I really, I'm very grateful that I have all those people. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great support network. I'm glad that you have it because I'm excited to read your series and, and well, learn more you. about it. I love, I'm I'm telling you, I give me a vampire book and I will not sleep all night long. I will be like a kid <laughs> on all kinds of sugar. So <laughs> I, I am the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm also hoping that we get another vampire series on television yes. because we seriously need it. I have Me nothing too. to watch other than the news and YouTube that my <laughs> husband puts on, which I'm not complaining because he gets some pretty good stuff on YouTube. But I think, I think we already <laughs> talked about this, but just in case we missed something, what up- upcoming projects or things that you're working on now, can you share with our audience? Sure. So um, Immortal Billionaires is is out right now, books one, two, and three. Uh, the first book is called After I Fall, and that is very steamy romance. So if you like like a high heat level, it's very adult, open door. Um, you know, if you like that kind of thing, then definitely check it out, especially if you love vampires and paranormal romance. And so the fourth book in that series will be coming out October 5th. Um, I also have um, the two urban uh, fantasy series with uh, City Owl Press. So if you like more um, 
of the actual like paranormal elements, but not so much like the steamy romance aspects, then definitely uh, check out my Blood and Darkness series. And um, Smoke and Ritual is um, another book that just came out um, a year ago. And then uh, the sequel came out this year, Spark and Ember. Um, And those two series are kind of connected, interconnected with the same world. Um, So yeah, those are the three series I have out. Um, I have a website, melissasearcha.com. So you can check that out and it lists all of the books um, for you to find. And um, yeah, it just depends on kind of like what your taste is. Like I said, if you want that really hot, steamy romance, then go for Immortal Billionaires. Um, And if you're looking more for like a quest and adventure, um, check out Blood and Magic. <laughs> so, but I can't. I don't have my glasses on, so I'm like, I can't read the comments. <laughs> we said Fifty Shades of Blood. <laughs> yes, Fifty Shades. I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're gonna definitely you're gonna use that one. <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, I have your Facebook and your Twitter here in the comments, and I will add after we get off of live. I will go ahead and add your website, which I tried to add, but it gave me an error for some reason. But I'll add oh. it after the fact. So, okay. um, I want to go ahead and give you that opportunity for any last words that you may have for anybody out there or any shout outs, anything like that? Oh my gosh. Um, Well, no, just thank you, first of all, for having me on. Um, I absolutely love chatting about writing and um, I love to help anybody. You know, if anyone has any questions about publishing, feel free to, you know, email me. My my email uh, link is is on my website or you can you know, DM me on Twitter or whatever, um, as long as it's appropriate. Um, <laughs> but you know how that goes. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I love helping people and, um, you know, answering questions if anyone has them, cause you know, we're all, I think in it together and, um, I don't view anyone as competition. You know, I think we should all support each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And for everybody that watched, thank you for listening to us, uh, chat about my books. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much for being here, Melissa, and bringing your authenticity to the show. Because I really enjoyed talking to you today and learning more about your author career. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to check out your books. I have all of your links, so I'm going to go see what I can get on my e-reader because I'm an e-book girl. I love. The reason why is so that I can hoard them. That's basically (laughs) why. (laughs) I've become an e-reader girl too. I used to be, oh no, I have to have it in my hands. And now I'm like, oh no, my Kindle library, I've got like 200 books in it. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'm just excited to have a lot of books at all times. I will flip through different ones. So, but thanks so much for being here tonight. Thanks for sharing your author journey. The advice that you gave is going to help somebody publish their next book. So know that you are affecting somebody out there that is going to write their next book, that is going to know that they can do it because they've seen you and they said, you know what, I can do what Melissa did because she encouraged me to be able to do that. And that's what we do here on the author's porch. And we want to continue doing that. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your journey and what you brought to the show and you bring into the author world as well. Guys, that's it for tonight. And we will see you back here on Thursday. Uh, Nicole and Lisa will be doing the bombshell book review. They are reading Alaska Inferno by Lolo Page. You're going to hear all the goodies about her steamy romance. And then we'll be back next. We'll be back this Saturday. The schedule's all crazy right now. We're getting all kinds of folks coming in to do Meet the Author because we have some fantastic authors like Melissa Sertia that we want to bring to you because there are some amazing authors out there that are doing some killer work just like Melissa. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks.